Yo, this is the ancient Texan on a Saturday morning with my lady. We thought we'd just talk a little bit about the feelings we're having about the virus. I was up last night from about three to five just laying around and part of what I was thinking about was the virus and work and a bunch of other stuff. I just wondered what my lady's thinking. Good morning. This is Amy. Uh, How does this work now? You're going to ask me questions? Yeah. Okay. So, how are you feeling about the virus? I mean, what's your emotional state? Mostly, I am having this compulsion to calm the um, hysteria. I'm so concerned that I went to a grocery store. There were 50 people in line, and everybody had toilet paper and had, seriously, it was... And and you got some toilet paper, too. They ran out of toilet paper, and when I got back to that section, they were just restocking toilet paper, and people were scrambling, but... Because the guy came as I happened to be standing there, I was the closest cart to the restocked toilet paper. All the shelves that were empty, and here was this one little uh, pallet of toilet paper that he set up, and I was the closest one. Everybody else was like, oh, they do have toilet paper, and they're all like converging on me. So I grabbed one and got out of the way, and I thought, I, we're not that short on toilet paper. Yes, we could use some, but. You know, we could probably go a couple weeks without getting buying anymore. But because I was right there and there was the hysteria, I got caught up in it and I'm buying, buying toilet paper. Well, didn't you say the guy that pushing the big cart ran into you? Yeah, he as he, he his his pallet electric pallet whatever that thing is called um, bumped into my cart, which is how I noticed that he was coming. Um, and he put him up there and he. He got out of there in a hurry, and I could see why, as everybody was like dashing in. But it, like he looked, he looked like he was running in front of an avalanche. The, the fear in his eyes was like, "Don't talk to me. I know I, I know that's not enough. It's only one pallet." Or something. It was like this panicky. Let me get out of the way of the crowd, and all these other people rushing in. I'm like, seriously? Is this going to be the worst blizzard ever happened in the whole world? Um, but but that's just a symptom of the hysteria. Every time we turn on the TV or the um, the radio, there's something. My email keeps popping up with this company's doing this about coronavirus, and this company's doing this about the coronavirus, and this company's going to do this about every like three quarters or more of my email has to do with that so although I think I'm a little suspicious a lot of those companies it's just a way to make a buck get you interested it may be like you know Bank of America here's what we're going to do to take care of you and here's what we're doing to take care of our employees and you know it's a it's a great like jump on the bandwagon everybody you can get in your little plug of how you're such a good company and you're taking care of people so there's a part of me that says whoa isn't life 
But don't we all have something important we're doing in life? Do we need to be all hysteric about this? On the other hand, I don't want to put my head in the sand and say there's no virus, there's no, there's nothing to worry about. There, There is something. I get that. We need to wash our hands. We need to be more careful. We need to not go hang out in a large group of people, especially people who have associated with people who have had contact and you know all that that's fine and I understand that it's it's a scary situation but it's the panic and the hysteria that well you know like if if half the U.S. got it that's 150 million which is some of the higher estimates for I think like 50 to 150 million will get it so say if you say 100 million and two percent die that's a couple of million people to die, so I could, sounds like it, we should be upset. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 it seems like there ought to be from the top a calm approach to here's how we'll handle this. You know, I think back to hurricanes and disasters that we've had and people get all hysterical and panicky and then somebody comes in or some organization comes in and says we've handled things like this before here's our calm approach everybody be calm here's how to handle this that, that it seems like that's well except a lot of those disasters they didn't handle very right. well like Katrina right. a, you know people starving I think, is that the one in the Super Bowl? People were starving in the Super Bowl. Anyway, that was one of the... Well, what what I would like to think is that we have leaders who can have a plan, who can bring calm. I don't think hysteria helps anybody. So, you got a trip to Mexico soon. Yep. What are your thoughts about flying and going to, I don't know how many is going to be in that group, but a group of people get together. I think it's going to be about 20, 25 people for a retreat. I'm really looking forward to the retreat. I've paid for the flight. I've paid for the hotel. I've paid for the retreat. Um, I'm gearing up. It's a a, um, coaching a business coaching opportunity that I'm very excited about and I'm hearing all these little bits and pieces if I come back from Mexico do I have to self-quarantine for two weeks uh, and do I self-quarantine at home or do I have to self-quarantine when I land in Miami I don't want to be in Miami for two weeks by myself so if that if that's part of it, then maybe I won't go. Well, but, that that's Canada has that rule that if you fly into Vancouver now, you have to self-quarantine, I think, in your own home for two weeks. Hmm. Well, how would you feel about me bringing the virus back and self-quarantining here at home? That doesn't seem... If, if I'm infectious, I shouldn't be bringing it to you and... But where are you going to go? I don't know. There's no... You have to come home. I'm not planning to pack the clothes for this retreat plus two weeks. Well, 
to me, there's a lot of, you know, fogginess, like, with, I don't know if I should say her name on our podcast, but we'll just call her Jay, had that group that was coming over to her house, and there was eight people, and that got canceled. Now, but several of them were over 70. Like all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or at least over over retirement. Yeah. And then we've kept the UU has canceled services. Yeah. And I kind of get that too. But I also think it maybe it's kind of early in the process to be doing that. I don't know. Well, schools, I noticed that the, the school system where we live um, has closed for two weeks. And I think the second week was going to be their spring break. But they're closed for two weeks so that they can, quote, do a thorough cleaning of the school. So I'm picturing that. So... They go in, they have they have, they've hired an outside company to come in, they're gonna clean thoroughly all the desks, all the doorknobs, all the restrooms, all the front doors of the building. So let's say they do an amazing job and they get all germs off. Then the kids walk in that first day, touch doorknobs, touch <laughs> touch places in the bathroom, they touch their desks. Aren't they all reinfected? Like that, like... Yeah, they bring the germs with them unless they, you know, all the kids wash their hands as they enter or something. Everybody used hand sanitizer on the way in. And used... and they have stations to wash hands and stuff. But I, I basically think it, with a large group of kids, it's not going to work. It's, well, you're, all you're you not need gonna... is one kid who goes to the bathroom and doesn't wash hands thoroughly or just splashes water on their hands and they count that. But... Um, I was talking to teachers who have um, sanitizing wipes and they wipe down the desks between each class. If one group leaves, the next group comes in, they wipe them all down. Well, I think it helps, but I just think with kids, it's kind of, maybe kids can become conscientious, but I've... But I'm talking about a middle school. Picture a kindergarten where a kid has a runny nose and the teacher wipes the nose you know like that that's that's part of being a kindergarten teacher in first grade so you know well and then good luck keeping your own hands out of your mouth and right your eyes and face I right it's so I mean so but if you close schools then those kids are all at home and who's supervising at home so mom is a nurse mom is a bank teller mom is a you know, and dad works. So who's supervising these kids? Do these parents now have to be home from work? And they're... So well, you're they're, hoping like if you have one white collar uh, parent that gets to work from home like we do, they could take care of the kids. But I don't know but that, what percentage of people... But if they're working from home and yeah. you have a kindergarten kid at home, you're not going to get a lot of work done. Sorry. Like you, you I know. know, but I think that's just going to come with the territory. <laughs> yeah, it's this is it's going to be. Uh, I'm, I just can't picture what this is going to be like. I don't think we have ever experienced 
what this is about to be like. We've experienced being snowed in for a few days. Here's crazy, some crazy thoughts I've been having. I say, well, it's probably kind of like pretty high chance that you're going to get the virus. So in some ways, I would like to get it first for a couple of reasons. One, the medical the hospitals won't be flooded with people already, so I'll have some chance of getting help if I need it. And two, if I get it and get, get over it, hopefully not by dying getting over it, but getting well, then I'm able to help other people because I'll be immune to the virus. They don't know if this if immunity comes with this virus. Well, they I, don't know that. They know that with other viruses, but that has not been established. Some what? viruses you can get over and over. Be what they're finding in China is people who are going out and coming back are reinfecting people. Yeah, but they're reinfecting. Are they getting it themselves? Oh, I would still be a carrier even if I didn't get it or yeah. I would get there's, it. There's too many unknowns. So yeah. you getting it first might not protect you for the future, assuming you survive it. And it, you might just be one of the ones that keeps carrying it and bringing it back and bringing it back. Well, mm. I don't know what happens after people are... We well, assume was, that it's like other viruses, but they're saying it's not. I was assuming like flu and stuff, you build up a, an immunity. Like measles and, you know, yeah, well, chicken pox. Well, like, like I don't almost never get the flu, and they say a lot of the flus now came are old strains that are coming back, and an older person actually sometimes has an advantage because their immunity's built up. I don't know. So maybe that's not a good so plan. I'm, I'm, let's not go with you getting it early. Let's let's not let's have you not get it. That would be my vote. Yeah. So I don't know. It just and you know, thinking about our kids that um, that live with us or that don't live with us that are off on their own that are trying to manage their life. Like, I'd like to make their life a little bit easier, but I don't know. With the uncertainty of what this is and what it's going to be, I don't know what to do to make Well, sure. I'm, like, I'm worried about my art, my youngest girl, who has asthma, and apparently my older girl might have asthma, too. She's been sick a lot lately. So, it'll, and then... Your son, we've got at least two that are very high risk because they have immune compromised system. That sounds like three. Well, kind of three. Yeah, at least <laughs> we have somewhere between two and three. But it's kind of, I'm more scared for them than I am me. One is I have this false sense of confidence about my immune system and my ability. The one time that I've got really sick in my life was with pneumonia when I was about 50. And I was told at that time, once you have pneumonia, you'll have a weakened uh, lungs. And I do have a big black scar when they look at my x-ray. You never told me that. So I don't know if I should be married to somebody with a black scar on their lung. 
this is this was not part of the agreement when we got married <laughs> and I think this is undisclosed information you mean you have a flaw you're telling me <coughs> uh, uh, I hear it you yeah. have a flaw okay this I think that's enough to annul our marriage yep I reckon okay well that's about it I'm I'm out of here forget it bye uh, well, that's our two-cent take on uh, the virus. Mostly my wife's take, as you notice, but a little bit of me in there, Wait too. a minute. That makes it sound like I hogged the whole thing. You told me it was going to be about me, so... I said I was going to do the interview, so... Yeah, so don't complain that you didn't get to talk. I had enough. You did a good job. Oh. Anyway, this is an ancient take ancient Texan and his lady with our two cents on the hysteria hyster- <laughs> hysteria hysteria over the sounds like a flower over the virus a little bit maybe lighter um, lighter touch on this serious matter anyway everyone have a great day this is the ancient Texan namaste happy weekend <laughs>